0: morning. Hey, good morning, Governor Andy Bashir. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. Happy
1: Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I'm so glad you uh, took the time out of your busy schedule to join me. Um, Wish it was under happier circumstances, though. We've got uh, such an increase with uh, COVID-19 here in the state. Uh, I'll just go ahead and get into it. Uh, Is there really an answer why we're seeing such a, a really a dangerous increase do you think you know some people like to say it's more testing yeah, you know, covid fatigue maybe folks are letting their guard down do you guys really have a, a clear picture about why we're seeing such an increase
1: we do and it's certainly not that there is more testing because our positivity rate is going up at the same time mm-hmm. too the reason we're seeing more cases is that there's more covid and covid is spreading faster and faster and faster right now uh, because in in large part uh some, some kentuckians have let their guard down yeah. in places like personal gatherings or or other places where people congregate uh, together it's it's the failure to to wear a mask or engage in in social distancing and this this virus it's it's mean uh it's aggressive and when we let our guard down, uh, when we get tired, it doesn't get tired. It just spreads even faster. And, it, and we are in exponential growth. We are in the scariest place that we have been in this virus because we went from, what, um, zero cases March 5th. It took us about seven months to have our first day with a 1,000 cases. It took us about a month and a half later to get to 2,000 cases a day. It took us a week to go from 2,000 to 3,000. And then last week, we had 20,000 cases in a single week. Our hospitals are filling up. Our ICU beds are filling up. And even more concerning, more nurses and doctors are either testing positive or being quarantined. So our need for our healthcare providers has never been greater, and our supply of health care providers is, is going down. And that's why we have to take these steps. But I do want to say there is light at the end of the tunnel. Two vaccines with 95% effectiveness is nothing short of a miracle if it holds. we had hoped for 60% effective. 95% effective means we can end this virus, not just deal with it, not just manage it, but end this virus. And so when we see that that is months away from, from us being able to distribute it widely, it makes it all that much more important that we fight for each other from now until then.
0: Yeah, you uh, you talked about the uh, the hospitals really filling up. That kind of leads into my second question: uh, How concerned are you about hospitals across Kentucky becoming overwhelmed? Is there any, to your knowledge, that have kind of uh, hit that threshold where uh, they're just they've got too many COVID patients and they're trying to transport them to uh, other area hospitals?
1: And we're already seeing real signs of of the strain. And remember, if we're in exponential growth, you can go from strained to overwhelmed uh, overnight with cases increasing at the the rate they are. Uh, A couple of examples is we had a period of time where where some of our Bowling Green hospitals were having to send uh, individuals uh, elsewhere. We've got uh, hospitals in in Ashland that are getting uh, pretty full uh, University of Louisville, uh, opened an entire floor that hadn't been opened in 12 years to create more space for COVID patients and has stopped certain elective surgeries. University of Kentucky is converting five operating rooms. And that's a big deal to shut down five operating rooms into more space which they need for, for COVID patients. But, but the real concern here isn't just space, it's people. We are going to run out of doctors and nurses before we run out of bed. And the way we preserve doctors and nurses is to wear our mask and to follow the, 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 the rules that are out there to lessen the spread because doctors and nurses are getting infected in their community, not in their hospital. And when, when more of us are going to get sick and need a doctor or a nurse, I want to make sure that one is there for everybody when they need it. What we saw in New York and Louisiana and Texas and Florida in arizona and right now in north dakota is when you overwhelm the hospital system when there aren't enough doctors and nurses you have more people by percentage dying north dakota i think had the highest mortality rate in the world from COVID 19 last week that is that is one of the united states of america having the worst mortality rate in the world
0: Yeah, I, th- I think people need to realize that that can happen here in kentucky i mean it's just because it's not happened here yet, uh, we're starting to see signs of that.
1: But we are seeing signs of it. But the reason it hadn't happened here is we fought back. And mm-hmm. you know, we are at war with this virus, pure and simple. I mean, it's killed over 280,000 Americans, I think. The only way to describe that is a war that we fight every day. Instead of troops overseas, it is individuals making decisions each and every day. And with these waves, this being our third wave, our decision is either to surrender and accept the fatalities or fight back. Every other wave we fought back. Every other wave we have stopped the exponential increase. We're doing the same right now. Now, people are more tired this time around. You can see it, but that doesn't mean that we still don't have a duty, tired or not, to fight for the lives of those around us. And I'll give you an example. The the veterans nursing home we run as a state in Wilmore, Kentucky, was one of the best protected facilities in the entire Commonwealth. We were testing the, the individuals there three times a week, people wearing PPE. We kept COVID out of there until the middle of October, not one case. Yesterday, I had to report the 28th death of a veteran from that facility, and that's because community spread uh, overwhelmed it. So that's, that's why we have got to take these steps. People like those veterans are counting on us, and we've let them down the last couple of months. we got to fight harder.
0: You had to make the uh, tough decision last week with uh, regards to the restaurants and indoor dining. I know it's something you did not want to do. Uh, this is kind of a two-parter uh, with sure. the restaurants that are having the uh, the tents outside uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that that is uh, safe? And also, uh, I'll let you touch on uh, I think there's a program that uh, your administration has instituted to help out these restaurants
1: it's It's heartbreaking. The steps that we have to take to stop this virus, but we know they're effective. They stopped the increase in July. They stopped the increase in Florida, Texas, Arizona, and others. Well, we know for a fact that these steps will save lives, but but they do crush people's dreams, and they do uh, create unemployment uh, before a holiday. Those are all really hard uh, things, uh, but they are necessary right now uh, to save the lives of of people around us. Uh, We do want to be sensitive to the businesses trying to find a way to make this work. Uh, outdoor seating uh, can't be like indoor seating. Otherwise, the virus continues to spread and we frustrate the, the efforts and 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 suddenly we, we, we lessen the impact of what we're trying to do and, and that sacrifice could be for naught. So we're, we're trying to look at the different options that people have set up. Uh, you know, Some we think will work, some will not, but we're trying to be Uh, thoughtful and not just say no and to try to work uh, with these facilities. We have set up a program. We put $40 million uh, aside to provide $10,000, and it's not a loan. It's $10,000 to try to cover rent and some other expenses for restaurants and and bars during this period of time. That's not nearly enough. It's, It's more than most states have done, and it's our attempt to lessen. Uh, the blow. We're never going to be able to make people whole from the damage that, that COVID has caused. Our goal is just to try to help as, as many folks, as many businesses get through it as possible.
0: One final question um, Thanksgiving guidance. You know, we every, every year we all want to see our families for the holidays. I can yeah. speak personally. My wife has a family in Montgomery County. We usually go up there for Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, you know, she's got a grandmother that's in her 80s, got other folks in the family with issues. We decided to uh, not go up there this year. They actually have uh, made the tough choice to cancel uh, their dinner. And it's just a tough, tough thing. But uh, what, what's kind of the guidance on uh, how folks should handle the Thanksgiving holiday?
1: I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays of the year. Uh, typically, we have uh, extended family, 15 plus individuals getting together. Uh, my parents' generation uh, getting older and not knowing. How many more we might have with everybody, but we know this year that Thanksgiving can be deadly and that if we don't keep it small, preferably just to your own household, the people that you see on Thanksgiving might not be here for Christmas and won't be around, at least some of them, next Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving this year threatens to be a super spreader event across the country, but in the Commonwealth that could escalate this virus even further and, and just give us tragic results. And I, and I think back to the purpose of Thanksgiving, you know, it's, it's to recognize that we are blessed, certainly to recognize uh, parts of our history, but it's, it's, it's that time that I always remember. You know, my, my granddad's a Baptist minister, and I always remember we'd go down uh, uh, for the longest time to, to their house, and, and he would give the 25-minute prayer. Uh, before, as the food started to get cold, but, uh, about all the things that he's thankful for. You know, this year, I'm really thankful that we have the information to protect the people around us. So we really need people to just do it with their household, and that's what we're doing going to be myself, my wife, Brittany, my two great kids, Will and Lila, and the dog, Winnie, who I hope doesn't get to the food before we do. <laughs>
0: well, Governor, I really thank you for uh, joining me. I hope to get to talk to you sometime down the road. Maybe by then we can uh, say that COVID-19 is behind us.
1: Well, I hope that we can do that because we got a lot of positive things in our future. We are seeing major interest in this commonwealth from uh, new and emerging industries like AgriTech. We just built the largest greenhouse in North America in Eastern Kentucky. We've got um, uh, one of one of the the, the new uh, high tech uh, fisheries coming in Western Kentucky. We've got a lot of great things going on. And post COVID, there is a real opportunity for our state to to leap ahead in ways that we never thought was possible. So let's make sure. We protect one another so that everybody gets a chance to participate in that bright, bright future.
0: Governor, thank you so much. Uh, hoping your family have a safe, a happy Thanksgiving, and you take care now.
1: You too. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody.